Welcome to The Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to The Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay. What's up? Hey, can I say, even though uh, you and I, I mean, by like recording and behind the scenes, I've been part of the scoundrels since day one, right? Uh, and I've been, how long have I been co-hosting with you? A couple of years now, right? It's, yeah, I lost track. Yeah. Yes, it's... Um, yeah, because you, Mike and I were doing it for a while and then you, and then we started the rotation of the, th- so anyways, I've been, I've been part of scoundrels for, for the last five years in one way or another, but when it's just you and I, it just seems weird. Like, I don't know why, like, <laughs> It's just like, no, this isn't scoundrels. This doesn't, this doesn't vibe, you know? Kyle and I need a third party to get along, I think. No, I'm just... <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you're going with this. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's just, because uh, scoundrels has always been a three-person yeah, three yeah. cast, you know? And the fifth trooper was the old two-person cast. And so it's like, sometimes when it's just you and I, I'm like, it doesn't feel like a scoundrel. Throws, throws off the routine yeah yeah a little bit yeah yeah well it is yeah yeah i feel that well today is going to be a hobby episode because it's you and me and that's what it is when it's just you and me yeah Um, i mean i I was going to say something about taking last week off so that you guys could talk competitive but based on my recent mindset i think i'm going to be back in on those competitive podcasts because i don't i don't know just real quick because we are doing hobby today but like Kyle and I were talking just before we hit record and uh, I got a local store championship invite and uh, with, with echo base and I got bit hard by the competitive bug. And so like, that's literally all I've been thinking about lately as I'm painting my Ewoks and getting things ready. I'm just like, okay, uh, I've got, there's another store championship, another tournament, another, you know, this coming up. Uh, Can I make it to that one? What am I going to play? What do I need to practice? You know, um yeah so i'm just and i'm doing it uh different from how i did it before so i think we talked about on here about you know i had luke sabine and i played it for a full year that was the only list i played i i I played it everywhere to to get good and now i'm going in the opposite where every uh tournament i go to i'm gonna take a different list um but they're all gonna be good lists that i that i think could could win Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so this next tournament coming up in a few weeks, I'm between two lists. I have this Cassian K2 Ewoks 12 activation list that I think might be pretty good. Um, or I may actually try uh Anakin clones, uh just to just to give <laughs> it just to give it a shot. Just to uh, experience it. Do you even have clones? Oh yeah, I have not sure full, I've ever seen you play. I, I have the full 501st okay. painted. I have I have everything. So yeah, I could field it. Um for sure. Uh but but then what happens is I start building, you know, I look at what what you guys have played with Anakin and stuff. I, I saw some stuff when I played this tournament uh recently. Um and I start building something out, but then I'm like, boy, but I, I really want to play Yoda. Like and I know he's not like top tier right now, but it's just like one of those things that I've seen so many good Yoda lists that it's just interesting in my mind. You know what I mean? Um, well, but... Yoda just won Gen Con. Yeah. So, yeah. Dan- Danny gear mode. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, Yoda's good. So um, anyways, 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so now I'm back into the competitive spirit. So I'm really excited to, you know, I know. And I, it's weird. Um, I have a confession to make. Okay. And I know this is going to be crazy. I know it's crazy. And I, I don't know the reasoning. I, I can't explain it to you guys. There's no logical reason behind this. I, for some reason, have no interest in playing Tempest. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, I, I can't, I can't even. It's, it's literally like the list that is designed for your I, I know. historical style. I know. And I could care less. Is it just because you like double heavied out? I I bet that could be the reason. And well, and I, okay, even with a list like Tempest, right? Even with that battle force and those cards, you're still fighting a certain type of battle with with that with double or triple heavies. It's just a certain style of playing um, that is can be heartbreaking. Um, if you make mistakes, you know, and I think anybody who's tried Tempest knows what I'm talking about, where if the simplest of mistakes with that list, you push too fast, too soon, you you don't hold when you need to hold and, you know, stuff like that, it can kind of start falling apart a little bit. It can be a little bit of a glass cannon with the, the heavies. And so it's just like I keep I mean, I'm painting another ATST, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I love ATSTs, but I'm just like, uh, this is not going to be fun to play. Um, and 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 it has that. I think also it has that extra weight for me personally, because, uh, you know, I have but I do talk a big game with double heavies. I have played mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, I talk a big game because I'm I'm relatively good uh, at playing double heavies. And but now so now, like, you know, going to a tournament with that is like a different step of dedication to that list that i just for whatever reason am not capable of of punching that card yet i'm sure i will it's just i don't know i don't know it's surprising but uh i feel you yeah it's, i thought you, know. you know i thought at first so the first tournament that we just went to recently i thought it was because like in my head i was like oh a bunch of people are gonna have tempest and i i don't want to play triple heavy versus triple heavy i just don't want to play that game it's miserable and it's not fun uh so i'm like okay i'm gonna take echo and just do run a counter to like dark troopers and 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 uh tempest then like one person brought it and i was like okay well and then i you really haven't seen it much out out in the world or heard about people playing it and now so that excuse isn't there any longer (laughs) so i'm like oh well why don't I want to play it? Like, I, cause I just have no passion to play it at all. And I, maybe I've moved on as a player. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm double heavy. I mean, I did just play double air speeder. Yeah. Which is different. A very, yeah. very different kind of double heavy. But yeah. yeah. And no, I was just thinking at the time, I'm like, man, I, I really don't want to put three ATSTs on the table, like, and play that, that style of game. It's just, it can be grueling for everyone and and I just don't want to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's fair. So anyways, I know that was, that was my uh, confession for today. Secret time. So There's something to be said for variety. Yeah. But I mean, I figure eventually I'll do it. I'm just going to cycle through a bunch of different lists, um, you know, that either are proven good lists like Anakin clones 
uh, or or even ones I think have potential, like this Cassian one I'm looking at. Um, and so I'm just I'm gonna cycle through good lists, just see what else is out there, see how things play, see how I play against, you know. I, I think just being well rounded and play, and I think that's one of the things. As much as we make fun of you, Kyle, for doing it, waffling and having like three different lists that you want to play for every tournament. Um, I think list for playing list variety may actually give you a better understanding of the game. As much as playing one list consistently for the ten thousand hours makes you perfect with that list. Uh, I'm trying something new now and I'm like, you know what? Now I want to see what happens if um, I play a bunch of different high, highly competitive lists and, and, and maybe I'll learn something from that, you know? Yeah. I found it's really helpful just for general perspective and also for like bias elimination to play lots of different things. Yeah. Um, It gives it, I feel like it gives me a better sense of, uh, like how to, how to actually dissect like what's good and what's just something that I had a bad or a good experience with. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. It's it's not it's not like and and that's actually you know originally I was just a rebel player, um, and the first time I branched into another faction, obviously it was it was just Empire at the time because Clone Wars wasn't out yet, and I did so with the express purpose simply of like seeing what things were like from the other side yeah and then you know obviously i started collecting and playing empire too I've so never gone back <laughs> i have played rebels since <laughs> since then. I, uh, oh yeah when uh, op loop came out you, that's right you went back for a while yeah and then I, in fact i played uh um double airs peter triple wookie for that oh that's right like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um so yeah i've done a couple different rebelists since mm-hmm. i defected maybe defected is the wrong word but since i started playing empire i have definitely had more success with empire over that time period yeah um but well and the thing i find curious that we don't talk about enough and i'm sorry i know this is a hobby episode and we'll get we'll get to that (laughs) but but um the thing i find curious so we, we we go as pontificators right we say hey this cis or or rebels aren't really good right now right like they're probably but when i look at like some of these tournaments and like these bigger events and i look at the list i'm like well how do we know for sure because no one is playing a list that i would consider good with that faction do you know what i mean and then we're like well see that proves rebels are bad and then i'm going in my head i'm like yeah but nobody played like I think this speed, you know, speeder echo base list is really good. And you don't see much of that. And I think, you know, or I think Cassian, there's some 12 activation Cassian lists that I think are, are pretty well suited for the current meta. And uh, you don't see a lot of people playing those. And so it's just, it's interesting to me to like want to go and play things that I think are good and see why, like maybe I'm wrong and I'm not thinking through it, but you know, in my head, I'm like, well, we don't even know if it's good or not because no one's playing what I would consider good list for that archetype, anyways. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that conversation kind of gets lost in hyperbole sometimes. Mm-hmm. In that I think it's rare for like an entire faction to be bad. Yeah. 
Um, there have been times in the game when that's been true. Uh, like Empire went through kind of a rough spell, um, you know, back in the like Republic token sharing meta. Um, and then conversely, Republic went through kind of a rough spell after that big, like, um, you know, patch that that buffed Empire. Yeah. Um, but other than, than possibly those two exceptions, I can't think of like an extended period of time in the game where one faction has just had like literally nothing that they can play. That's good. Um, I think a lot of that perception, particularly about rebels and droids right now, comes more from like their internal balance in that yeah. um, they both have enough very good units that they can make like a handful of very good competitive lists. You know, rebels, you got Cassian and K2, obviously, you've got Echo Base. Yeah. Um, now you've got Ewoks. Um, but like all of those lists, unless they're Bright Tree Village, are centered around, for example, Rebel Vets. Yeah. Right. And it, you know, that's part of the reason that the faction, like, often doesn't feel good to play or make lists for because the core box core trooper unit is not good. Um, and there's a slew of Rebel heroes that are just like very bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a slew of other Rebel units that are very bad. And I'm not yeah. saying that and like it... Empire and Republic don't right. have bad units but they definitely have less yeah yeah there it's it's more that like the stuff that's good is is kind of clustered more towards the top for some of the others and it doesn't mean that like clearly there's there's enough highly competitive rebel android units to make lists that can win and do well yeah um, and we've seen that in recent results you know austin won lso with right droids he was one of three droid players in that 60 plus person tournament um and he played in the final against um another Floridian who um uh brought Cassian and Ahsoka, which is a rebelist, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um Well I suppose, I'll... you know, like just thinking about that, right? Like I think we a lot of people think the same way we do, right? And 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 go well, no one's playing this list. That's why they're not winning. And then they go to the tournament playing that list that they think is good. And then we all go, well, I wouldn't have brought that list. You know, like that's that's the whole unfortunate yeah. cycle that we're all in as gaming nerds here, right? It's trying to like, we all think we're going to crack the code eventually and not all of us can can be a, be a code cracker and be the first ones to bring uh, <laughs> whatever it was, the, <laughs> bring saboteurs and crush everybody like yeah. Lupo did yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and ultimately the you know the most deterministic factor in every game is player skill still yeah. in legion yeah um i think it's been watered down a little bit but not like nearly yeah. as much compared to yeah. other games uh so you know i mean you, you look at i mean we're we're not really going to talk about gencon that much in this episode because everyone's still traveling and yep. um you know we're we'll do that probably in a future competitive episode but uh Danny won with Yoda and like a bunch of naked stuff basically it's a 10 activation list with Yoda Chewie um R2 with 3PO naked barks and naked phase ones <laughs> it's like strange yeah uh, wow it's i mean it's clearly a straight pure objective list you know he's yep. got bombing run breakthrough hostage and recover yoda chewy obviously ridiculous at both hostage and recover and then he's got yep. the three barks for those other two objectives and then r2 just for secret mission so and he's got like a 13 point bid or something like that yeah. so it's it's clearly like a straight objective list and that's 
um which i think is very impressive i could i don't think i could play a list like that yeah um but obviously he can and yeah you know that's 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 a way to i mean objective is literally how you win legion and you can do that sometimes without even killing anything so um yeah, it's actually yeah, that's really that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I'm I and so I I just want to get out there more. I want to play more. My goal um this year is you know, so the last few years we've had like a booth presence and like mm. I've been working at Adepticon and so I haven't been able to participate in worlds. Um actually every Adepticon I've I have not played at Adepticon. I've worked. I am not working this adepticon i'm going to play i mean i'm sure i'll work in between the playing yeah. but doing something but but my I, I already told rachel i've told our whole team jay's not working at worlds this year jay's the work jay's doing is to get a world championship there so you go. All that's right. my goal team fifth trooper bringing the heat yeah let's uh. go all right. Well, this has been a very competitive hobby podcast. Sorry, so far. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's actually not my fault. It actually, you know what? Here's here's the transition. In all of this competitive thoughts that I've been having, it's making me uh, prep the other armies now and actually get them ready to go. So I have been painting a lot more, um, which is good and bad. Uh, I don't know about you, Kyle, but especially in a time like right now where the lists that I have in my mind that I'm going to bring at the next tournament are already painted lists. Um, and I didn't choose it because they were already painted. They yeah. just, it just happened to be the ones I wanted to bring and they're painted. Um, I have a freedom uh, as to what I want to paint right now, uh, which is really bad for me because I've got like over at my painting station here, I've got like Ewoks and ATS, another ATS, uh, I've got, like, you know, I've got a, uh, I'm working on the tank, the saber tank for the clones. Like I've got like, I've got like five or six different, like little stations of minis that I've begun to paint and then stopped and then, you know, gotten back to it's wild. Yeah. The pile of shame is real. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have, I have real trouble painting anything unless I like specifically need it. For a tournament and that's been enough to end up with four fully painted factions basically <laughs> um over the years but uh yeah i have a really hard time just like sitting down and being like you know what i don't need this guy but i just want to paint him yeah um that used to be the case for me with 40k for whatever reason i mean part of it is life stage right i've got sure. three yeah, kids yeah, yeah, yeah. the oldest of which is six so my well, we didn't make is... those decisions for yes. you, Kyle. Right. You you made that decision. <laughs> that's just that's just where I am, which means yeah. that my hobby time is uh extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I don't know if I mean limited is definitely true, but like highly allocated might be um better. Yeah. Uh like I I want to get stuff done and I want to get stuff done quickly in a way that looks good enough for me. And I, I generally like don't want to I mean, waste time is the wrong word because painting is never wasting time. It's fun. yeah, but it, um, it's like, but, hey, I want to run this at a I, I, I gotta get right. this done. Yeah. I gotta, I, I need to prioritize um, stuff that I'm actually going to use. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I know Which, this is interesting. So a lot of people ask about this. They always want to see my ATSTs. So this mm -hmm. is one 
a new one that I'm working on, number six or seven. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is gonna be Lord Farquad once I. And there you go. Yeah, so he's kind of like a war skull and crossbones on the front. There. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's the I just got the head working on the head right now, and then the body, the rest of it will come along as I go. But yeah, I um, I don't know what it is. I I don't know about for people at home, but I like for those of you watching on YouTube, like this is a very like weathered and like war torn, you know, ATST. Like I love my vehicles vehicles is so fun yeah and like i i listen i really appreciate all those clean like beautiful like fresh off the factory floor paint jobs that a lot of people are doing out there but for whatever reason i just don't have it in me to do that with mine like i have to mine have to be like battle hardened you know oh oh, the paint's chipping off and there's some rust and like now this one's an extreme but like you know even even my bus you know, even my uh, even my AAT for for CIS, like they all in one way or another, are like, you know, just kind of like, I think it just tells the story better, like to have, you know, like this in the middle of the battle kind of, um, you, you know, uh, uh, piece of piece of equipment. I just for whatever reason that that's what speaks to me. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, and I think Empire and Rebels and are are great candidates for that simply yeah. because the era has like a grittier look to it in general. Yeah. Um, you know, Clone Wars and in, in the media has this very like clean, polished look. And certainly you can and should weather Clone Wars vehicles, yeah. right? But I feel like the the Civil War stuff lends itself more to that. This is my this is my air speeder. Ooh. Um and I I definitely went heavy on the uh and we didn't anticipate talking about weather on this episode, but, <laughs> yeah. but here we are. Um, I know that the focus is crap. Yeah, but this, it looks, you could still see it pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is one of my T47s. I, I love doing rust effects and chipping effects. Yeah, on vehicles. Um, and it's really like actually not hard at all. Uh, there are a million different ways to do it. I used a technique that I picked up off of a Sarastro video. Um, when he did uh way back when legion first came out he did a video on atrts and he did some weathering effects on that and i basically just copied them for this hmm. and i also used some other stuff from you know i played orcs for 40k so yeah <laughs> if anyone has weathered vehicles yep the ones that literally build them out of scrap um so but yeah i love weathering vehicles there's a million different ways to do it from the very simple to the one of my favorite ways is to just take a um uh, like a little sponge and you can mm-hmm. even use um like some of those foam uh, uh cases have like the little um yeah like rectangular things that you can kind of rip out to make like custom sized spaces for your minis i have a bunch of those old ones that i don't really use anymore so i have all these trays with foam in them and i just rip out the little rectangles and you like bend them yep in half and then you can um you you dip them in the paint to get like some paint on them and then you just like kind of like dab them on you know whatever chipped color you want on your vehicle and it gets like this chipping effect basically yeah and that's like a super easy thing that um really does not take very long either and looks pretty good so So, yeah i mean i'll give one so when you're doing like if you guys can see the like orange here the the rust kind of effect so this is something i've actually learned recently uh in the last couple years but 
instead of like hard painting the orange on, uh, what I do is I layer the paint and do like if I want to do textures or have stuff here. And then actually the orange for the rust, you do more as a dry brush. Mm. Um, and that actually helps give it a much more, you know, I know it's there. there, there you yeah, see. it helps. Um, but yeah, it gives it like a cooler, like rust looking feel. So, yeah. Does that actually tip. work? I feel like I should try this. Oh, putting your hand behind? Yeah. Like, or yeah, at least like a, even like a piece of paper, right? You know, just like do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, you're too close. Oh, there you go. Much better. Yes. Yeah, you could see it above the cockpit on the cockpit there. And yep. Yeah. And that's just the chipping with the uh the little sponge thing. Yeah. So, um yeah, I like the. Uh, did you know there's a dry brush paint specifically for rust? It's called yes, rise rust. That is by Citadel. Yeah, yeah, Games Workshop. Yeah, I do love that. Yeah, they have a combo because uh, what's the there's a the brown that's got like um, it almost goes on it goes on like a wash, but it has little like particulates in it. So it Typh actually typhus corrosion. Typhus corrosion. Yeah. Yeah that is really good too and it yep, basically has grain in it and so it when you put it on it it creates like this dirty and then you dry brush the rust on top of it oh baby it's so good yeah. i mean i'll say this i've been using a lot of different paints uh lately um and i've kind of settled into my sweet spots i think as i've been painting more um for my regular painting like just layers and highlights and all that stuff um i use monument hobby paints they're so good uh airbrushing yeah there's oh my god it well worth it they okay. are so good they like got this they're just like silky smooth when they go on it's oh my god um but then i i, I love um i use for airbrushing i use army painter mm-hmm and then in areas, uh, I do use speed paints for certain areas. And so I use speed paint and contrast, depending on the color now. And then all of for Citadel, I don't use their regular paints anymore. Um, but what I do use is all their technical line, like all their their yep. washes, their technical lines, their their um, their basing. All yep. of that is all premium, premium product. And so, yeah. Yeah, that stuff is really good. Like I still, you know, I use Nullin oil in their medium for wash. Yeah. Like that's what I use. Like it's just they've got certain things just to like perfection that you you know, which is strange, right? Uh, it, that each one like I find like Army Painter's really good with airbrushing stuff. Their airbrush line is is primo. Um, Monument Hobbies, man, God, their paints are just. And I'm in that mode now, uh, too. So I used to be in the, like, you would get the, what do they call it? The, the try, the try of the paints where it's the, the dark, the medium and the light yeah. so that you mm -hmm. didn't have to mix anything, you know? Yeah. But now I just, I literally am at a point where I have the monument hobbies. They're like baseline. It's, it's like 10 paints or something like that, but I just make my own colors by mixing paints now, you know? And that's, that's just how I love it. I love it so much. And it works so well with like, just adding a little bit of water and just mm -hmm. to thin it out a little bit more. Oh my gosh. So, so good. The paints are so good. I'll have to give it a shot. I uh, admit that I am kind of a Citadel, um, at least when it comes to, I mean, airbrushing, I use Vallejo, but pretty yeah. much everything else I use Citadel. And 
part of that is simply because like I'm familiar with all the colors because I've been using mm. them for mm-hmm. 25 years. Um, and I, like I know what all the colors look like. I know when I want a specific look, which color I have to pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I just they're the paints that I have. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that makes sense. So like when when I run out, it's easier to buy like one pot of whatever I color I run out of. Um, but I will definitely have to give my new hobbies a try. Sometime. That's that's funny. See, and that's how. If you guys didn't know how different Kyle and Jay were, here's a perfect example. Kyle goes like, I know what paints I want to use. You know, when I need a certain color, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I just find my way on, like on my way there. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do today. I'll, I'll figure it out as I go. Like, it's funny. Cause that's, um, that's like how I approach a lot of my art and like all my graphic design, all that mm-hmm. stuff work that I do. It's like, you know, there's guys out there that are friends of mine that like plan and they like, multiple like sketches and looks and i'm just like yeah i'll just i'll figure it out on my way to the end like that's just my style you know and yep. and it, it works hey you know it works it's just it's it's different and i think some people probably think i'm insane but it's just how i like eh, just find my way there and like very much like bob ross like i'll, I'll mess something up and i'll just be like well that was a happy little accident i'm like yeah. all right we'll just, there are no mistakes yeah we'll just work around it and like, yep. just do something else you know <laughs> yeah for me everything has to be like I, i've got my my progressions of each color you know like locked in my yep. head of like oh this is leather i know which three brownish <laughs> colors i'm going to use for that oh yeah. this is a blue armor color i know which three colors i'm going to use for that progression you know that's funny. um yeah, because yeah. like here's a perfect example. So you see this like where it looks like it got blasted in the side here mm-hmm. on the ATST. So that middle part, I actually messed up with the airbrush. Uh, I didn't clean my airbrush fat like I wasn't being smart and I was yeah. just trying to get a bunch done. And so it just like splattered paint on there. Mm-hmm. And then I went to like wipe it off, but the the layer below wasn't completely dry. So it just like chipped off right there. And I was mm-hmm. like. Eh, it looks like it got hit by something. That's fine. I'll just put there some rust. Is. I'll put some rust around it and a blast mark. And that's what happened there. You know, yep. like I just that's yeah, that's just my whole style. Like, you know, oh, I didn't want that to be blue, but I got some blue paint on it because I wasn't paying attention. And so, you know, it's going to be blue now. Yep. I, I have yet to figure out how to how to turn Ventress's face into a happy little accident. But uh, after I <laughs> obliterated it with osl yeah i uh man i i really <laughs> messed up my shatter point ventress i was so i was working so hard like i don't know about you or like people at home but like i'll have days of like hyper focus where i'm just like on i'm like oh yeah like man i'm a painting genius like look at this go and then like the next day i'm like so jacked to get to get back to it. and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get back to this i'm gonna work and then i immediately like within the first two minutes just like screw up yeah like i entire day's worth of hard work and i just go on you idiot mm-hmm. like i just so like what are you doing man like i get so angry <laughs> yeah that usually happens to me when i'm trying to do new stuff with an airbrush yeah because uh, those are like the least fixable mistakes yeah um yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah airbrush uh, gets real bad real quick if you're yeah, not yep. like cleaning mm-hmm. and 100 percent on it yeah like oh um, man yeah yeah i hate like when you exit like sometimes i'll it's very i have a very old and finicky air compressor so like i have to always mess with the dial to get the perfect Mm. like air Mm. for whatever reason like nothing else changes it's just old and i just hate it when it's up too high and i go to spray and it just goes 
it just yep. like splatters paint out. So mm-hmm. now I've like gotten in the habit that I like start off the model and then like make sure I like prime oh, yeah, it a yeah. couple of times with mm-hmm. air, you know, but these are all lessons you learn, you yep. know. And <laughs> yeah, learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other thing I'm doing now too, I think we talked about a little bit, but I'm doing the, I prime in black. And then I take the airbrush and I do the high, the Zenithal highlight and white all. And yeah. then, and then I paint from there. Yeah, um, it does make a difference. I know it, people are like, does really that actually does. help? It, it yeah. actually does make a difference. It really, really does. Yeah. Just in like, you do get the, the difference, right? So especially if you're using like a thinner paint, uh, you'll definitely get the dark to light underneath Mm -hmm. the paint but also i find that it just helps to see uh the areas as well like Mm -hmm. before when i would do something all white or all black or all gray like you couldn't really tell things apart sometimes like especially on smaller models you're like oh shit is that its fur or is that still part of its headdress Mm -hmm. like i can't tell but when you do this black and then zenithal highlight like it you i can i for the most part have a much better like idea of what things are on the model now, which was, which is very helpful. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Um, so the fur. <laughs> yeah, actually we, we should talk about fur. There's one more thing I want to talk okay, about. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what I'm literally currently working on. Um, and, uh, that is, uh, arc troopers without flight stands. So, Oh yeah. Right. Um, I know that people have been, people that are getting the 501st boxes i don't know if they fixed it yet but when they first came out they didn't have flight stands in them that's correct yep um i have flight stands anyway from other stuff like i have you know whatever five uh droid specialist expansions because i'm a one of those people that ran mass b2s briefly when it was good (laughs) uh so i have plenty of flight stands but (laughs) um personally i just i really don't like how they attach to the minis the ball flight stands uh, so I was trying to think of something to do to have the flying arc troopers uh, not look ridiculous and also not use flight stands. Because unfortunately, if you put the flying arc troopers like on the ground, the angles of their feet and stuff are weird. And it looks like they're just like randomly jumping off the ground or, you know, it, like you yeah. can, like if you put the feet flat on the ground and they're like yep. you know, leaning some weird way. So what I ended up doing um, was cutting up some boxes from vital assets mm-hmm. some of the boxes that you put like on the payload uh, and i think i did i actually did three arc troopers with one box um several pieces of one box and uh here's one of them it's just basically like you know he's he's not he's not going very far off the ground but it's enough that it's it's yeah. essentially just a tactical box <laughs> you could easily use a rock or amg was there. onto something this whole yeah, time right <laughs> i actually i know people like like make fun of the the tactical yeah. rock or like dislike the tactical rock personally i love the concept of the tactical rock i think that it it looks cool when it's yeah. done but anyway here's here's my one arc tactical box here's love another it arc tactical box and it's like a super super easy way to do something with um obviously these guys are not painted yet but uh super easy way to do something with a component that you probably have already you you know you don't need to go buy any hobby kits um although you could uh rocks obviously are very easy to make if you want to do tactical rocks for your arcs but you know, tactical box. It's a it's a vital assets box that is chopped up with a razor blade and glued at different angles on the arc 
based yeah. depending Love on it. how bad it was going on. So yeah. Super and, cool. And I don't have to deal with flight stands. <laughs> so. Oh man. Yeah, on those on the arcs and on the barks. God, they're the worst. They're just so bad on both. Do the barks have the ball flight stands too? Yeah. Or well they the have it's like a peg, but it's like strange and they don't stick and they break really. It's yeah, just yeah. like, dude, they're like off center too, aren't they? Yeah. The barks, yeah. 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 So literally, I, I got three barks and like every time I move them on the shelf, like one, it just one breaks. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. are you serious? Like it just, it drives me crazy. Yeah. I really, I respect what they were trying to do with the ball flight stands. Um, I just, I, I think pegs are just that much more functional that, I would just rather have pegs. I really like the the concept of like the curved flight yep. stand. Uh, I think that looks way better than the the straight flight stands. But um, I'd love to just see a peg on the end of it that you can just stick into your mini. And if you want to cut it off and do some weird angle, yeah. you can still do that. But the ball flight stands just don't stick like, well enough. You can't do it with vehicles, but I would love for them to. I think I've talked about it on here, but like to just get away from flight stands on the minis anyways and do what they're doing with like Shatterpoint and MCP where they use like smoke or yeah. fire blast. Like mm -hmm. I would rather them just move to that. Like it's so much better. Um, it, lo it looks way better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just creates a, a just a much more like interesting model, you yeah. know, um, I agree. which I, I get the idea flight stands are very old, you know, Mini's technique to show flying, but I think AMG, to their credit, came up with a much better way of doing it. And, you know, like, I mean, the 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 Mandalorians in Shatterpoint are beautiful. Like, and they've got the, the you know, the, the flame and the smoke yeah. trails coming down, and that's what's, like, holding them up. It's like, yeah, yeah we should have been doing this this whole time. Yeah. You know, I just think, I yeah, they do really, really good with that stuff. Really yeah. good. For sure, yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome to see that on some Legion minis. Yeah. Um. Okay. Fur. This was supposed to be an episode about painting fur. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be ten minutes about fur. It's yeah, fine. we don't have we to don't need that much time. Fur. There's not that many. I mean, I guess there are quite a few different fur techniques, but we can hit them quickly because they're not really that complicated. Yeah. Um. Would you, do you want to tell us about your fur technique, Jay? Yeah. This is this is not a speed painting fur technique. No. Uh, so which is kind I, of unique among fur techniques because most fur techniques are very fast yeah so in my infinite wisdom um i've decided that i'm going hardcore into the ewoks i've talked about this many times well one of the things that i have made the decision is there's multiple fur techniques we could talk about the easier ones i am actually doing the most difficult one which is um if you, I don't know if you guys can see but I'll put this up here is if you could see this Ewok on screen I'm actually painting in all the fur with a brush with brush strokes so um I did this on my beast for MCP uh but yeah basically all the raised areas or even where there was a raised area where I think there should just be some fur highlights I'm just taking my really really thin brush and I am just going deep, deep, deep. Every little hair follicle uh, one at a time. Yep. Um, it's a nightmare. Uh, but <laughs> I've already committed. And it looks good. So it's yeah. the, it's the right thing to do. It's just, you know, it's a lot. And I'm learning along the way. This is my first time really doing it this intense. 
Um, you know, in the past, I've used multiple different versions of this. And so um, I'm definitely learning. It's it's a different way of doing, you know, this this Ewok I just showed is is going really went really well. Um, I'm working on another one now that did not go as well, uh, just because I think I went too dark on the like original base. Um, and so it just looks strange now. So I'm I, I've just got to build it up and, and make it better. But yeah, yeah, this is. You know, so basically what I'm doing is I, I do uh, a base, whatever I think the overall brown or fur color will be of the miniature. In this case, it's brown. Uh, then once that's dried, I actually go over it with a watered down nullin oil with a little bit of medium just to get all the lows back in there. Then I come back over the top uh, with a little bit brighter version of that brown. So I just add a little bit of ivory into that and bring it up a little bit. And then I hit most of the high areas and kind of the, the you know, the large swatches of places just to get my three, that's my three. And then once I'm done with that, I come in with a, a little bit brighter with some more ivory in there and come hit all the highlights of the fur. And then I go with my final real bright. And then that's all the individual uh, furs. And so, yeah, so there is four or five layers uh, to get to the top. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I'm not going to lie. It sounds uh, labor intensive. Let's put it that way. It sounds it, like it will look fantastic. It is. Yeah. I mean, they're coming out really nice, you know, and, and the other thing I did too, for the, for those of you that can see, like I'm doing all these custom bases for each yep. each so that's how i'm going to tell my ewoks apart okay it is by their basing so these guys are kind of on uh in my mind this was like part of like maybe part of the bright tree uh uh town kind of fell down and so they've got like the the wood for from the bridges and stuff like on the ground that they're jumping across and um you know so that's this squad i've got another squad I, so what i did was i took the downed atst and i cut it I cut all the bits up and I have the Ewoks all on down. Here, hold on. Let me see if I can grab one. Um, it's fantastic. Jay is currently. Yeah. Sorry. Guys, sorry, a, sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, for everybody on video. So like, so like, here's the, here's the trapper and he's on the back, the exhaust ports on the back of the ATST. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's his base. Uh, and then like, here's the, the heavy, the ax guy, and he's on a couple pieces of, uh, ATST that I cut up and put on there. So yeah, so then the, that squad's on ATSTs. Then there's one squad that's kind of like maybe on the outskirts of bright tree where there's spikes and there's like stormtrooper helmets on the spikes and like mm -hmm. dead stormtroopers on the ground that they're like jumping over, um, and then the other squad is just in the forest uh, and, you know, just in a regular, just the regular forest. Yeah. So, and I've got, you know, some of them got these cool, uh, these cool plants that uh, they're actually from uh, Warhammer, mm -hmm. but yeah. they, they look very much like ferns. So mm -hmm. I, I just put those on there and they're this nice, like uh, it's that uh, soft plastic, like the original, uh, legion stuff was made of and mm -hmm. so like they don't break like you can kind of like mess oh, like if nice. you yeah. if you hit them and they just bend a little and then you just bend them back um yeah so but yeah no this like 
this, these guys with the wood underneath, those are literally like actual, those wood balsa wood, like strips. And so I'm like custom making each piece I glued together and put on there. And uh, yeah, it's real labor intensive. So, but like I've said from the beginning, I want to be able to bring that display board and, you know, I want to win, I want to win best painted army um, at these events. So there you go. we'll see. Well, that's a good start, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, obviously, probably the most labor-intensive uh, fur choice. Yeah. Yep. But certainly, like, if you want your fur to be looking really good, you know, the the other thing that that allows you to do is achieve like subtle color differences in the fur. Yeah. If yeah. that's something you want to do, which with some of the masked painting techniques is more difficult, not impossible, but more difficult. Right. Right. Um. So, like, for example, Chewy, if you're painting Chewy's fur. He actually has like slightly different colored fur depending yeah. on what part of his body it is. Um, so if you want to like achieve, you know, the level of detail on Canon Chewy to get like the slightly different colored fur, like around his wrists and ankles and stuff, like you know, you might have to do some yeah. hair follicle painting. I think Law Gray's like that too. Law Gray, yeah. Got, yeah, yeah. Um, now of course you could do a hybrid, right? You do the main the main coat of fur in one of these like more mass production models and then do like yeah the individual like if you want to do like different fur around their face or whatever you just do that specifically afterwards after you've done like the mass produced look um so real quick the the mass produced options the first one is just simply contrast paints yep which is essentially like you use a special primer and then you slap a contrast paint over it and fur lends itself nicely to that kind of thing because it is um a texture that you know it's a surface texture that has like a lot of uh crevices yeah and then a lot of crevasses yeah <laughs> uh so so the the texture paint kind of like runs into the deep areas and yeah. then leaves the you know the hair follicles um as a, like a lighter color I here's just quick recommendation if for those of you who haven't done this before or use speed paints or contrast in this way, once you do this, you have to clear coat the model because the speed that all the contrast and speed paints will rub right off. They, mm. they like especially on those large areas like that. So once you're done, clear coat it before you touch that sucker because it's it's going to come off. It's good advice anyway, regardless of whether you're using contrast yeah. paint or not. But yeah. Um yeah, so that's that's kind of like option one. That's definitely the probably the single fastest way to do it. Uh, there's option two, which is kind of the traditional, uh, like base coat wash dry brush style, and that's obviously you want to prime them anyway. But then you do a base coat of like kind of like a dark, like medium darkish for a color, whatever color you're going for, whether it's mm -hmm. brown or gray or whatever. Um, you do a base coat entirely in that you throw a wash on top of it. That's like a wash of that color, like a darker wash of that color. So if it's like a gray or something like that, you would throw like a null oil, like a black yep. wash on it. If it's a browner color, you'd throw like a, um, a Grax or a shade is the, yep. the GW brown wash, but you know, some kind of brown wash on it. And then once that dries, then you go over it with a lighter color that you dry brush on top of it. And you could even do like a couple successive dry brushes if you want to do yeah. like like a you know like a medium light color and then like a super light color after that. Um, 
and that is the quote-unquote traditional way to do fur in a way that is quick and also generally looks pretty good yep um that's how i've done most of my fur in the course of history uh there is option three which is kind of a hybrid of that plus airbrushing which is what i've done recently and that's what um like for example this guy here this is a bookie you probably can't see him very well put your hand um, behind it let's see does this actually work doesn't seem to work for my, my <laughs> nah. camera like it does for yours yeah no I'm didn't work at all we tried no not remotely <laughs> um i gotta i guess i'm gonna have to get a better camera for these hobby episodes but yeah. <laughs> uh basically um what i did is i did i did the zenith thing right i primed black i did a zenith white highlight and then i did my um my base coat my brown base coat followed by my slightly lighter coat at progressively steeper angles mm -hmm. so i did like the brown base coat from like a side side to top angle and then i did the lighter coat from like a straight not a straight like a 45 top down angle and then i did like an even lighter coat like an almost white brown coat from straight down and then after that you still get some of the um whatever crevices are still filled in so yeah. i still went over that with a wash yep and then after that i still also did a dry brush but it gets more of like like a gradient on the yeah. undercoat um when you use the airbrush like that let me ask you a question yep airbrushing technique for models like that okay? okay do you hit the whole thing like even the things that shouldn't be that color and then just go back and paint over those yes. like straps and stuff you're not trying to just get the fur and skip the straps and everything. Uh, no. right right, that, right that'd right. be horrible yeah that'd be insane okay right yeah 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 um, okay because i was like i was thinking about it and i saw some like master airbrusher just like doing just like the part he wanted to yeah. do and i was like that is like i'm like this is youtube buffoonery like there's <laughs> doing that you know and i'm sure he was i'm because he's a master right but like yeah i was just like thinking like i don't think regular people do it that way i think we just spray this whole thing and then go back yeah. and back over the no. things we didn't want to be that color yeah <laughs> yeah i've seen people paint with an airbrush like that i do not know i'm sure yeah. some of it is tools right that's a super tiny nozzle yeah, right? yeah but it's yeah. also a lot of it is experience and technique and that's not yeah. something that i have so when I quote unquote paint with an airbrush, um, I do basically the whole model. Yeah. Uh, there are exceptions, like when I do OSL, which I've had mostly success with, obviously. I messed up my most recent one, which I talked about. But even like, I mean, this T47 that I showed earlier, um, this is actually the base coat on this is painted with an airbrush. And I did I did a darker color mm. in the middle, and then I, I painted the sides with pure white. Yeah. And because of how an airbrush works, it has like a natural fade to it as you get further away from the point that you hit um so you can get like this natural fade effect with any color um you know i basically I, like i aimed like here right like not actually on the model but like away from the wing and went around and then it got like this natural fade on the on the front yeah part of the the mini and when you're doing vehicles with an airbrush by the way um i took <laughs> one airbrush class that nova opened this was super helpful um it's it's always good to like you want the lighter colors at the front of the vehicle and the darker colors at the back because it has like this, it kind of has this illusion of movement with your eye. Um, so just a random. So actually another but... tip similar to that, and I would say different. So in, in contrast for the ATST, mm -hmm. as the taller you go, the lighter you go, because yep. then it makes it look taller. Um, mm -hmm. That's a trick. You know how yeah, I learned that from the Disney castle. 
So that's how they paint the Disney castle is they use darker colors at the bottom and then lighter colors as they go up. It makes it look taller. It makes it look taller than it actually is. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yep. There you go. So um yeah. So uh yeah, the, I mean that's basically like there are definitely more than three ways to make fur, but those yeah, are the yeah. those are the three I would say. Those are the three um, non-insane ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it the insane way because I chose this. We'll see after I get through two squads, like the other four may just end up being. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how intense this gets. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I okay. This is half competitive, half painting. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't see a world where I actually play a full Bright Tree Village. That's I've, fair. I've been looking at a lot more lists with just, e like, I'm going to play Ewoks, but they're going to be in regular Rebel lists. So I'm like, so now I'm going to need, need to paint two units. Two units. Lines. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to paint them all. And, um, you know, the thing I wish... And I, maybe they do, and maybe I just don't know enough about this. I think at the bigger shows like Adepticon and stuff, they do this where you can submit certain things into the painting contest. Where like some some events, it's what you're playing with, yeah, which is submitted. And then there's, you know, I I, I think if there's something like an Adepticon, like by then, I don't know if I'll be playing, you know, Ewoks or not, depending on how the meta shakes out and where I'm at as a player. Um, but you know, I think I would probably bring the Ewoks as my paint submission and then whatever army I'm playing with as my playing army, you know. Yeah, they've actually been doing that more recently at tournaments. Yeah. LSO had um they had three categories, uh army, unit, and individual model. And yeah. um yeah, I brought, you know, I submitted my clone army for army and then I brought like an extra unit to submit for unit and yeah. then I brought something else for individual model. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure that'll be like a thing that you can do. That's yeah, that's what I'm going to I'm going to try to do so. Anywho. Well, I'm tired, oh. Kyle. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was good though. That was like an invigorating uh painting discussion yeah. with just just enough competitive that hopefully people did not immediately turn off this cast this week. Who knows. <laughs> They're all still here. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and we didn't do any of our other nonsense, so there won't be any cuts this 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 week. It'll all just be straight through because we didn't do we didn't do anything. We didn't do housekeeping. We didn't announce the segment. We just went for it. So that's right. Perfect. We just plowed directly through. Excellent. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have two timestamps. So the first one will be Jay and Kyle bullshit. And then the second one will be, and here's where we started talking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I am Jay. Stay fresh cheese bags. Stay cool, Fruit Matt.